We should make bobbleheads of like uh, Jamal Tinsley and Steven Jackson, but not in Pacers uniforms, like shooting up a strip club. Um. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Jamal can have like an ear in his mouth. <laughs> you could do one for the whole brawl, right? Like, yeah, Steven Jackson uh, like German, storming German into the stands, punching that man, punching, uh, slipping on ice. Turtle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamal Tinsley carrying around a what was it? The, the, it's like a broom, broom. Uh, dustpan, oh, dustpan. It was a dustpan. Dust yeah. <laughs> Ron Artest just laying on the scorer's table. That's right. Oh, yeah. This sounds like a good idea. Yep. Was it David Harrison who had his, his jersey just like ripped? Yeah, like, completely yeah, yeah. Up? Right. <laughs> I, think he sh- I think he showed up like that. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> flashing for the ladies. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So if, if we don't get to it, we're going to share this idea with the listeners. You can steal our idea. We need the bobblehead brawl pacers. Mm, yeah. Because we're real busy because Joey has a job now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, can, I don't have time to... If you would have come up with this uh, idea a month ago, we'd be rolling around in money. <laughs> Bobbing our heads in money. Yes the best kind all right let's do a let's do a show here we haven't started yet ish okay <laughs> yeah so uh, just prepare to uh it'll be great it'll be perfect Y'all motherfuckers don't watch us play throughout the year, to tell you the truth. I'm gonna be real with you, and I don't care if I get fined. That train is off the track. I feel like you, you can't just like jump through Neptune and be okay. Just prepare to. What the show needs is more dogs and bears and chickens and stuff. Yeah, so uh, just prepare to uh, be a watch unbelievable goodness. Welcome, Pacers fans. You are listening to The Undebeatables, your semi-weekly Pacers podcast. Today is September 13th. This is episode 473. Coming to you from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm your host, Joey Gafrida, the man behind the dials and season ticket holder. This show, we're going to discuss the Pacers coaching search, the bubble playoff updates, uh, predictions for the conference finals, and of course, we've got an undegooglable. Joining me this week are all three of our analysts, coast to coast, like buttered toast. So, are you still DC? Or Technically, no. From Silver Spring, Maryland, home of Victor Oladipo, it's the doctor, Jason Triplett. What is up, Pacers fans? What is up, Undebeatable? It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, my wife and I have been moving house, so I'm uh, recording from a new location, and uh, I'm very excited about it. Shout out to neighbors. It's nice to have neighbors um, (laughs) that you talk to and don't mind interacting with. Um, But really, you know, anti-shout out to all the losers in the military, because I mean, just, what are you doing with your life? Why? What's the point? Oh, no. JK. (laughs) Congratulations on the house, buddy. Thank you. We're all excited for you. And shout out to our service members, uh, who I don't think are losers. No. (laughs) Or suckers. Nobody thinks. Or sucker. Well, one person thinks. One person. (laughs) One dude. (laughs) From Indianapolis, Indiana, he's our in-house bartender mixing up the drinks in the crappy jingles, John Colson. What is up, Pacer Nation? Uh, shout out this week to Norma Basie, uh, my grandmother, who um, passed away the other day, just ten, uh, just one month shy of her 99th birthday, um, who just a few years ago was driving younger people to church, 
um, who never has missed anybody's birthday with a card in her entire life. And um, <clears throat> yeah, um, she didn't understand how podcasts work, but she would often ask how the Pacer show is going. Um, she will be missed. So shout out. Shout out. Shout out. And from Boise, Idaho, out west, it's our enforcer, John Harper. What is going on, fellas? Uh, shout out uh, the Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm. Um, after his team lost their series, he unfollowed all his teammates on Instagram. <laughs> what? <laughs> all his teammates? A little bit. Oh, so, no. you know, if you're willing to settle for something less than a Supermax... We've got great locker room chemistry in India. <laughs> you can pick your coach, too. <laughs> you <Yeah>. sure can. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into it. You might not be able to. We'll get into it. Yeah, you can pick uh, the GM. <laughs> well, before we get into that discussion, we'd like to remind you, you can support us anytime you shop at Amazon. You just click the link in the show notes or go to theunbeatables.com slash Amazon. A small percentage of your sale gets kicked back to us and uh, helps support what we do. Well, that's sort of the first topic uh, we want to get into is, uh, well, I guess I want to make it a two-part discussion. It is our uh, coaching search and our Antetokounmpo uh, search. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you guys got a, a, a inside track to either of those, uh, I'd like to hear it. Um, the big news came out today. Uh, Mike D'Antoni has uh, de- declared that he is going to become a free agent, which I've not heard that term uh, from coaches before. But I mean, it is what it is. Like he's not wrong, uh, and he will find another job. So he has the agency to do whatever the hell he wants. So uh, there are some coaching openings in the league, including Indiana. Uh, Harper. Uh, is he? Do you think he's he's making his intentions known that he's coming to Indiana, or is he looking to kick up his feet for a bit, or is he looking to go elsewhere? I mean, based on Pacers management history, um, is a hundred percent guarantee that D'Antoni is not our coach because I just don't want it to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think the question is Harper. On a scale of one to ten, how excited are you that D'Antoni is going to be our new coach? A, a solid three. Soft. Three. Okay. So you love three pointers and no defense and getting <laughs> losing in the second round, right? That's your favorite thing? I mean, it beats getting swept in the first round yeah, if, right. if we're going it's there. True. It's true. Ooh, it's got true. him. <laughs> got him. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I think uh, this reminds me of uh, the Jim O'Brien era where we, uh, Danny Granger and uh, Mike Dunleavy, you know, shot a bunch of threes a lot for the era i mean now it wouldn't be that very much they were averaging over 20 points a game and uh we didn't make the playoffs so i think we can look forward to something like that hmm interesting so um, i guess i'm amazed that you guys are uh assuming this is a fake accompli or whatever oh it's done it's a done deal oh yeah pacers Uh, management just hates me okay (laughs) okay (laughs) because uh you know Kevin Pritchard. Uh, well, actually, Buchanan, right? Oh, right, right. So our president Kevin of Pritchard's basketball president. operations, right, president. Yeah. Kevin Pritchard. Anyway, he had a press conference a couple weeks ago, and you know, said, you know, it's time to move on from Nate, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and in in light of the way that we criticized Pacers brass last time, uh, I gave him kudos because he's doing a broad coaching search and not just going to bump into the next guy down the hall and give him the job. Uh, it may have overcompensated a little bit. The original <laughs> list. This had, is the short list, I thought. No, 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 no. He said we're gonna we're gonna start with a big list. We're okay. Cast a wide net, and then we're gonna narrow it down. Okay. It was he was describing it as if it was the first time he had ever heard of a job search, where you start with a bunch of candidates <laughs> and then make a short list and then make a decision. Anyway, so he's never is, had to hire a coach that wasn't in the building already before. That's probably. right. This initial list had. 14 names on it. Um, many of these names were current assistants that have been, um, you know, rumored. Most of them had been rumored or interviewed for other jobs. A few were sort of under the radar. And then there were a couple former coaches, including Dave Yeager and 
the well coach Jock Vaughn. Um, <laughs> uh, most excitedly among these, I think, was Becky Hammond, somebody mm-hmm. that we have been uh, urging the Pacers to think about uh, for a while. So that's exciting. And then even a 15th name got thrown in at the end, uh, Chauncey Billups, which mm. it seems... I, it, Harper, would you react... Where would Chauncey Billups be? A two? He's got to be less than Dan Tony, right? <laughs> I gotta leave. I gotta leave room at one for uh, Jim Boylan. So <laughs> it's a solid. You, you got to use the whole scale. That's right. Got to okay. use the spectrum. Uh, so why was Chauncey Billups thrown in late? Was it because uh, his agent called, or is it because maybe he's actually like? a late candidate, which might mean he's going further. Um, well, it along. seemed like he expressed interest in, okay. in coaching in general. Right. And, uh, I think on the heels of, of the Nets hiring Steve Nash, maybe the idea of like, Oh, let's just hire a old point guard that has no coaching experience. Um, let's go with that. And Chauncey Billups is out there. So, but I think I also read that Chauncey was just going to skip the first round of interviews. He's like, if I make it past the first round, then I'll really throw my hat in the ring or whatever. You always like it when guys are serious about their uh, job. Yeah, <laughs> Mark Jackson, not on the list. Nope. Speaking of point guards. But I think you're right. I mean, the, the NBA rumor mill is often wrong, but lots of times there's, if there's a bunch of smoke, there's usually fire and D'Antoni's name is being tossed around quite a bit around the Pacers, even before he declared his free agency or whatever. So that's gotta be the odds on favorite of this other list of 14. Is there, do you guys have a, a, a preference? I know we went through some of these names a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Fisdale also not on the list. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I like Becky Hammond a lot. Um, I, I think Jaeger is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Mosley we talked about. I think he'd be an exciting pickup with some real upside. Um, and uh, uh, I like Jacques Vaughn, of course. <laughs> yeah, but. He he took uh, he took the assistant coach job uh, coach. I mean, I suppose he'll still take a head coaching job, but I thought they were going to overpay him to be uh, Steve Nash's assistant coach um, in Brooklyn because you know Steve Nash has never had a head coaching job before, so they figured they'd pair him with a, a previous head coach. I'm sure that if you offered him a head coaching job and a lot of money, he'd come. But it seems like he's a little off the market. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I think that that offer is out there from the Nets. Sure. And if he... Yeah, yeah. But he hasn't signed anything yet. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Jaeger. Um, although I guess he did rub uh, management and players wrong, apparently, in a couple in Memphis. It seemed like especially management in Sacramento, not so much the players. But, um, you know, and, and given the emphasis that Pritchard put on... Uh, you know, needing to relate to this generation of players in that press conference. Like, he spent, like, five minutes talking about, like, we just need to learn how to talk to these guys and whatever, whether that's texting them or et cetera, et cetera. It was a very revealing kind of, I guess, soliloquy on apparently Nate McMillan never texted these guys or, like, talked to them in ways that were, like treated them as human beings you know or something like that which was kind of strange considering the chemistry that that mcmillan built as well so so i don't know if hiring a coach that has a reputation of rubbing his players the wrong way is it is a thing that we're gonna do no you can piss off either the players or the management you can't be a guy who does both right you will not last long as a head coach no uh and that being said, does D'Antoni fit the mode of <laughs> mold of guy that's uh, you know sliding into his players' DMs or whatever? And <laughs> I don't know what the kids do these I don't, days. I, don't think, I think that's what means. Sending send a TikTok to his boys. Yeah. 
look, I mean, Colson, you can speak to the social media stuff, please. (laughs) No, yeah, for sure. I I, I think I am concerned that um, D'Antoni has a vision, right? And and he um, has put some of his. Uh, he's he's helped make careers, the career of Steve Nash, the career of James Harden, um, but his system demands a certain personnel, and and I think um, Houston management went to the extreme for him by basically trading everyone uh, away that wasn't you know uh, able to dribble the ball and chew gum at the same time that was uh, you know above the size of six seven right like they just had no big guys you basically had to shoot and dribble and if you if you were a post guy you're just gone you're off the team and that might be extreme but if that's if that's the extreme version of Dantosi's version um, uh, of his vision then what does it look like when uh, he comes and becomes our coach and we have a team that has Sabonis who is an actual real post low post threat um, we have a, a guy like Goga who has a chance to be a legitimate center in this league. Um, you know, a guy like Miles Turner. Are there too many big guys on this team? Um, do we need to have to start making uh, personnel changes to fit this style versus finding a coach that is going to figure out what we do and figure out how to utilize our guys? Um, it just seems like D'Antoni, not saying that he wouldn't come in and try to make this work, but if you kind of follow his – um, version of basketball to his extreme, our team doesn't really make sense for him. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's the, you know, I don't think he makes a lick of sense at all, but he's the most successful coach that is going to be out there, right? For sure. And he has the track record. He's got for the sure. CV. So for sure. that makes him the front runner, period. I'm trying to remember how successful D'Antoni was. I mean, he's played, he's coached like, big guys before and been relatively successful right like um Shaq didn't that one year that Phoenix had like Shaq and he was the coach didn't they do decently well and like um like a Stoudemire was a sure that would be a great example guy, but like right um athletic big yeah yeah our bigs will still be allowed to rebound as long as they shoot threes I mean, I mean, so right. the right, exactly. So the <laughs> the thing that's for sure is uh, Turner's gone if D'Antoni is hired, right? Well, why would you think that? Wouldn't wouldn't Turner be a better center for his system? Wouldn't you give it to Sabonis? Who because you're not allowed to post up, you either get layups, dunks, or threes. So uh, wouldn't wouldn't uh, Turner be a better option because he shoots threes? I mean. In, the, in, a, in a world where Turner and Sabonis are equal, equally talented and equal assets, sure, but they're not, so. Right. Sabonis just doesn't fit a, a D'Antoni system. He slows it down. He, right, he wants right. to bang he's in the post. No, I, the guy's the hub of our offense. Yeah, if, you, I, if I know. he's going to ruffle passer, the man. feathers of I this agree. podcast and you're Mike D'Antoni, you come in and you trade Sabonis away. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would for argue whatever that you be, can get and because so Sabonis understands offense so well and moves the ball so well, he would still be a better fit for D'Antoni. Yes. Okay. And he takes very high percentage shots. He does. You're right. For sure. Okay. But so hopefully, this will this will not be a conversation that we need to have. Man. So yeah, that's the that's the sort of update on that. We'll we'll see. You know, we don't have any real information yet, except for yeah, the, the the long short list that came out. Uh, for now. Okay. Yeah. And so that season when when uh, I think Shaq was on this 08 Phoenix team, they went fifty five and twenty seven. I take that. They lost in the first round now. So. But D'Antoni did take the a Phoenix team to the uh, conference finals. Uh, yes. Twice. Twice, yeah. So we know we can get out of the second round, which Nate has never done. So. All right. You seem a little salty. Um <laughs> Well, I guess that kind of leads into our uh, playoff update. Uh, 
as you guys talked about last week, uh, all the, the the series as they were as they're going along, uh, we do have uh, all the series wrapped up except one. Uh, we'll start in the West. Uh, the LA Lakers dispatch the Houston Rockets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dispatch the Houston Rockets uh, four games to one. That game, that series was not terribly competitive. Um, JT, any any thoughts about the the Lakers going to the conference finals? I'm happy any- for Frank Vogel. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and the Lakers pulled off the back to back douchebag sweeps. So <laughs> yeah, that's a rare feat. Right? Good lining them up now. Just, yeah. yeah. No, they're. I mean, yeah, they're getting in in rhythm. I uh, didn't watch a ton of this series. Um, but it, no. Anthony Davis is really good, <laughs> and when you have nobody over six eight to deal with him, you're going to be in trouble. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It, I don't know who the Lakers play in this uh, Western Conference Finals. Like, I don't know that they've been tested yet necessarily. I um I thought the return of uh, Rajon Rondo mm-hmm. to the Lakers uh, made a difference and will continue to. I mean, I think he is a guy that can ball handle and play defense and has been in big moments and is just an extra piece on that team um, moving forward. Because you you started to feel like a little bit like okay, this this goes as far as LeBron and AD can do it, you know. And do they have enough other pieces? I mean, Danny Green seems washed. Like, you know, uh, Caruso's been playing well and Kuzma's been playing well. But, like, these guys are untested. Like, it's nice to get that piece back for them. And um, I'm excited to, for the next round. Sure. I mean, the the tandem of LeBron and Anthony Davis is nothing to shake a stick at, though. No, I mean, no, no, no. They have the best duo in the league. Like mm-hmm. coming into the playoffs and certainly looking the part now, so I think that they'll be favored to win, regardless of the challenger that they face. And I agree; they they look like they've been ramping it up. They just do what LeBron teams do and try and get better every day. And um, they've been very successful so far. Nice job, mm-hmm. Frank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I shout out to Jason Kidd for uh, those first two game one losses. Those were obviously his fault. <laughs> uh, in the West, so they will be facing either the Nuggets or the Clippers, and uh, Nuggets uh, won Game Six today, so that is tied three three. Um, that series has, has been pretty interesting. Denver again looked like they were. Uh, Gonna get rolled over and and did not. Uh, Colson, who who you got in Game Seven? Well, I mean, this this, this like you said, uh, this looks like last series almost, right? So we everybody just assumed that the Nuggets would get beat by the Jazz because Jazz came out and hit him in the mouth, and then the Nuggets just slowly got better and pulled out of Game Seven. I think the Clippers are the better team, but maybe Mike Malone's just like really good at adjustments. Like subtle things that we don't notice. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the players are figuring out how to score against the um, the defense of the. Clippers. I mean, he's texting his players constantly, so that's got. That's be right. right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's what matters, right? Uh, you got to be in touch with your players. I he I don't figure know. out how to get Marcus Morris to <laughs> piss off Paul Millsap and light a fire in right. his ass right. in Which third quarter fantastic. of game five. Right. Like, right. Right. But that was the difference. That was the difference, but but I mean, you know, um, today's game, right? Like this is, you know, we're at a place where we're now going back to a, another game seven, and I'm not going to count out the Nuggets, even though I think the Clippers are the better team. I assume uh, playoff P can screw this up, but maybe Kawhi's good enough to pull it out. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm really curious about how game seven's going to go. According to playoff P, the Clippers are still in the driver's seat, so. He's good at metaphors. Sure. They're fighting over the wheel with Denver now. <laughs> uh, I've been surprised, actually, um, at 
the the limitations of Kawhi Leonard in these last couple of games. Like, I sort of expected him to be the difference, right? And just say, okay, get on my back. We'll take this over. And I don't know, like, down the stretch of that, I, so I didn't watch game six closely today, but uh, down the stretch of game five, he wasn't really creating his own shots necessarily. Um, a lot of the ball handling was left to Paul George, at least the parts that I saw. I, I thought it was a real interesting move. And we all know what playoff PA can do in clutch basketball situations. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he did make a couple good shots. I'll give it him that. But I mean, he's always going to, but he's also 9 of 21 today. And right. You know, and he's like airballed the kind of, a three down the stretch in game five. And like, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wait, wait. I've seen that movie before. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Off balance three pointer, yeah, against good defense, shocking. Yeah, no, I mean it's been a super entertaining series. I mean, I'm rooting for Denver. I didn't pick him to win this thing, uh, but Joey did. Hmm. That's right. Did you pick the Five. Nuggets in seven, buddy? I hope uh, so. He picked other, and oh we, right, we all agreed oh, that if right. a, the other team won, he got it no matter what. Sure, that's sure. right. That's right. So, yes, he picked seven. Nice. And six yes. and five and four. Two, two points no matter what, essentially. Yeah. Covered all the bases. Yeah, he did. Uh, and moving out east, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, I don't know if you guys mentioned Miami. I don't know if you guys talked about this one. I don't remember. But Miami uh, won 4-1 over Milwaukee. And Harper, you said uh, uh, Giannis seems uh, unimpressed with his teammates. Unfollow them all after they uh, they got dispatched. They did they did, not, they did not look good. No, at no point in that series did they look good. And uh, once Giannis went down with the turned ankle, that the writing was on the wall for that one. He had been playing great. I mean, they've lost one game <laughs> in the playoffs, so uh, that team's rolling. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm excited to see what they can continue to do. Um, I uh, we'll talk about what their their matchup is going to be. Um, Boston. Um, I think this is a really exciting series. I I'm not sure who to pick yet. I guess we'll get to that point too. But I think Miami's just playing so well. Um, they're defensive uh, defensively on a string, and all their guys are hot, and they're all shooting lights out. And um, yeah, some you know maybe this bubble thing is so crazy. Uh, it's, it's just crazy enough that just the the team that gets the hottest can win this thing. I mean, you know, maybe they can get all the way to the finals. Well, they certainly could. I mean, we'll get to the matchup later. But um, in this book series, I mean, this all get pinned on Coach Bud, right? Like, it's the playoffs. you got to put your guy out there to play playoff minutes. Like, I don't understand why Giannis was only playing 34 or 35 minutes a night. Like, mm-hmm. he was still Giannis until he got hurt, right? So, and I don't understand why he's unfollowing his, his guys. They gutted out the one win <laughs> that they got in this series was Giannis was not. With him up, not there. Uh, on right? the floor, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, who knows about you know, actual reporting on social media stuff. It, it doesn't matter at all. Right. Um, true. It is what it is. I mean, it was just a tough series. It's a tough thing to watch. I mean, if you're a Milwaukee fan, I mean, you just, it's just a beat down. Right. Yeah. And you, you thought you, you thought you had a chance to win the, the whole thing this year and then you just get smoked by the Miami heat. Yeah. That's I mean, that's a brutal. super disappointing outcome. I mean, yeah, Bud did not get the work done, but, um, you know, that team just looked out of sync from top to bottom in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has Bud already been fired? Uh, surprisingly, not yet, but uh, I'm waiting for huh. that announcement any day. Can I yeah, ask you, you want- some Bud? I was going to say, do you want some <laughs> coming Coach off Bud? The, coming off the shellacking at the hands of Eric Spolstra? Hey, at least he won one game. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and the last semifinal matchup, uh, as you mentioned, the uh, Boston Celtics beat the Toronto Raptors in seven. Boston's moving on to the conference finals against the Mi- 
against the Miami Heat. The defending champs are no more. Colson, I know you were a. Uh, you, I know you love the Raptors uh, dearly. Yeah. Um, I mean that's an overstatement, but I, I was rooting for them for sure. Um, I, you, I yeah, you write them like love letters and stuff, right? <laughs> no, I mean I, I think uh, you know I love it when uh, you know sort of a uh, a franchise that has. Uh, never won a championship before. Wins one. It's fantastic. They they represent an entire country. Great for them, um, and and also they defended their their title. Like I mean, they 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 went out and scrapped um, against this Boston team. This was, you know, this by all rights probably should have been a sweep, uh, but they get this amazing game three shot from uh, OG Ananobi uh, with 0.5 seconds left, and then um, you know. Um, push this to a game seven, and and this game was incredibly. This game seven was incredibly competitive. It wasn't necessarily pretty basketball, um, but I mean, I guess we've seen uh, other game sevens, uh, you know, in this bubble as well. Like they just everybody tightens up. It's defense. It's not. It's not pretty basketball, but it's but it's beautiful in a certain way, right? Yeah, it's, it's just it's guys just, gutting it's not stuff out. That's game seven. Yeah, yeah game, seven game seven is in nerves and yeah. tightness, yep. and everybody's playing. Their- <laughs> Uh, asses off on Tails defense off. every yeah, possession. Yeah. Like it's hard. Well, I really, I really thought that uh, that that experience of being in those big games was going to get the Raptors over the hump, and uh, they were within, uh, you know, two points with just a couple minutes left. Uh, Marcus Spart uh, had an amazing block. Um, I don't know. I thought he was pivotal in this series. He was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's not a surprise that two. Um, of the best coaches in the NBA um, were playing in this series, and it went seven games. I, I, I do think that Nick Nurse and, and uh, Brad Stevens uh, had a wonderful chess match uh, in this one. And, um, yeah, um, hats off to, to Boston. I, uh, I, I wasn't sure they were ready um, to uh, move uh, past the, the champs, but they did it. And so uh, they've earned this uh, conference finals. That's kind of what you want as a team, right, as a young team to go through um, the wars and, and beat the team that previously won it. Like, you've earned uh, earned a chance at, at, at a title on your own. So. Yeah, well, this this game was sort of a, a, a testament to why losing Kawhi Leonard was such a big freaking deal, right? Right, like, for sure. Uh, Toronto got nothing out of Pascal Siakam, who is, on paper, their best player. They got no, Jalen Brown completely neutralized him this entire Jaylen series. Jalen Brown was sick. Was amazing, <laughs> yeah, on both ends of the floor, like, throughout uh-huh. this whole series. Um, and it, I thought I thought that Boston thoroughly outplayed Toronto in that um, game seven, and the only thing that kept Toronto around is exactly what she said, was their chops, right? Like, yep. Boston missed a few open shots. Um, although, Toronto did have way too uncharacteristic amounts of turnovers in that yes, game. Yes, they did, that I, for sure. Well, great on-the-ball pressure from Boston. Right. Also right. definitely helps. to that fact. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not as if Boston doesn't have any chops here. Just because they haven't won the title doesn't mean that they haven't spent the last four years either in the conference or, you know, conference semis. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, they're there every year. Sure. I just think about their main guys as pretty young, or as Kemba, well, Kemba not really having a lot of yeah, experience. But you're right. I mean, yeah, this team has, yeah, this is like their third year in a row going deep in the playoffs. So, um, Well, what was, what was wild, too, is both these teams had like seven guys that they <laughs> trusted yeah. to play, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, because Boston's missing Hayward, and um, yeah, basically Nick Nurse was like, yeah, I'm not going beyond like surge on my bench. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's game seven. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can we get some Norman Powell on our team at some point? Yeah. Isn't he great? I would love that dude. He is tough. That game six, he was just like so clutch. Yeah. That was a heck of a series. I, I enjoyed that one a mm-hmm. great deal. And, uh, you know, could have easily slipped away from the Raptors. You know, what a, what a gritty effort. Yeah, but it, it, I'm, I'm glad that Boston came out because uh, I think that they're going to do what I need them to do, which is just pound Miami. <laughs> Cannot see Miami win another series. I'm sick of them. Okay. Well, we need our predictions. Um, so let's let's uh, let's just stay where we are. Miami, Boston, 
Harper, it sounds like you're uh, you're in the anti-Miami uh, camp. Uh, who you got in this series? And are you uh, are you uh, updating the spreadsheet with uh, our prediction? <laughs> sure, I can do that. Yeah, uh, I I will take Boston in the series. Uh, I think that these teams will actually match up um, pretty well with each other in a lot of ways. Um, I'll take Boston in seven. Another long series seems to be the trend. Okay. JT, what are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, this series is, I mean, it's it's sort of like a carbon copy of the Boston-Toronto series in a way. Both teams are super well coached. Both teams are, you know, have Swiss Army knife type players that they can put out there. And they all play hard. Um, they all play super hard. They're all super skilled. Um, Three-point shooting is going to be huge. Um, to me, I mean, I think that Miami has a clear advantage um, with Bam Adebayo, right? I think that Jimmy Butler should be able to be, well, not neutralized necessarily, but Boston certainly has the defenders to throw it at him that so Milwaukee did not, right? Um but to me, the interesting matchup to watch in this, I think, is the Kemba Walker Goran Dragic uh, matchup. Uh, both of those guys can get to wherever they want on the floor against one another. Against each basically. other, yeah. <laughs> to be first so to four. Nobody wins. plays defense. <laughs> yeah, at the point guard position. Try. So it's going to be interesting to see how each of these coaches sort of deals with, you know, the pick and rolls and and how they. Um, blitz those or don't get the ball out of the point guard's hands and then recover um because uh toronto did an excellent job of containing kimba walker right so they went Mm -hmm. box and one for large swaths of this series and it really frustrated kimba to his credit he was still made a couple huge shots in almost every game uh especially that game seven like is willing to get where he needs to go and try to make things happen so um, I don't know. I think there's just something about this Miami team. I hate it. Um, I'm going to take the Heat. I think this series goes seven. I'm going to take the Heat in seven. Ooh. All right. No, I, I'm – boy, I like it. I'm, I'm with you. I and, I and I think, you know, Miami could just steal that box in one and start with that on Kemba, um, and that gives them, you know, they've already learned some stuff that um, – they're also just a little bit bigger, a little bit longer, and they have a little bit better shooters than the Raptors, right? And that game went seven, or that yeah. series went seven. Um, now, they don't have the championship grit and all that, <clears throat> but they are well coached. Um, I'm saying that as though I'm going to pick Miami, but I'm picking Boston in six, and here's why. Because I believe that the instability of the bubble will be stabilized by the most uh, common uh, finals matchup in NBA history, (laughs) the Lakers versus the Celtics. Okay. So you're saying Boston in six. Boston in six. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go, uh, even though I'm really liking the way Boston's play right now, uh, Jason, I think I'm, I'm with you. I'll take, I'll take Miami in, in six. Um, they have been, they have, well, we saw, you know, very clearly how, how well they've been playing and they, they dispatched, they dispatched the, uh, you know, the number one seed in the East, uh, relatively easily. Um, yeah, you they're guys, playing, you guys scoffed so, at me. When I took the, I mean, that's right. Bucks. We pointed and we laughed. We just <laughs> talked about what an idiot you were. Yep. How do you even call yourself an analyst? There was a whole thing. Uh, they are just killing it right now. And I, I, I mean, uh, Spolstra, you know, Spolstra and Butler have got this team doing things like uh, Tyler Hero should be scared, and he's not. And he's he's been super helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be a fun series, but I, I think I think Miami's uh, riding this. Uh, uh, it's going to be Florida team in the uh, in the bubble uh, finals. Hmm. I think from the you east. Get the weather advantage. Is that what's yes. Going? <laughs> yep. 
All right. So the Lakers uh, will be playing either the Nuggets or the Clippers. I guess we need to do um, conditional way. Picks. Conditional, provisional. We should vote. We should vote twice. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be mailing one of my votes, and then I'll tell you uh, this one in person. Okay. Um. All right. So out west, Colson, let's start with you. Uh, I guess you need to give the Lakers versus the Nuggets and the Clippers. Right. So I've already I've already said that I'm. I think the Lakers are going to get there. Um, and I think that the Lakers will beat the Clippers in six. Um, but I here's my concern. Um, I think the Lakers will win. Uh, will go up three one against the Nuggets, and the Nuggets will take it to seven. And so I'm going to pick the Lakers in seven against the Nuggets. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be the way it is with the Nuggets. Yeah, it does. And you think that's more likely than the Lakers performing the douchebag sweep? For oh, right. Oh, good off. call. I'm just totally throwing off their rhythm. Um, <laughs> let's give them the douchebag sweep against the Clippers. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I see. <laughs> but if they're playing the Nuggets, it's going seven. Okay. That makes only if Some they sense. go up three one on the Nuggets. <laughs> You're writing all this down, Harper. This if is... it goes two two, I don't know. How, how does that work in Excel? <laughs> so what formula? will happen? Yeah, if they play the Nuggets, the Nuggets will win game one, and then they'll lose two three and four. Right. And then what? It, if if the Nuggets can win game five, then it's going seven. If <laughs> right. If the Lakers would get five minutes, or or the universe explodes, you know, because it's right. like the two forces combined, yeah, blows up the bubble at the very least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you, I need you to uh, uh, quantify that in a, in a spreadsheet, please. <laughs> Thanks, Harper. Just just Google yeah. uh, go- Google that uh, on the Excel uh, forums. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Harper, you want to go next? Uh, sure. Um, I, li- I also like the Lakers in both of these series. The Clippers just haven't looked quite up to it. And I right. don't know if they're going to be ready in time <laughs> to, to face a LeBron team. Um, I'm just going to make life easy and take uh, the Lake show in six, regardless of opponent. Okay. I like it. Great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, Harper. It, it, it seems like the Clippers are waiting to flip a switch, and I don't know that they have a flip a switch to flip. Like, if that or switch is switch. if that switch is Paul George, it's not going to get flipped. <laughs> yeah, don't don't right? hold your breath. Like, <laughs> yeah, that switch that switch is flip, my friend. Uh, so yeah, so I like the Lakers against either of these teams. Um. And so the question is how I mean I also was going to say either either one in six but I think <laughs> yeah I totally agree if they play the nugs it's probably gone seven and it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lakers in seven if they play the clips it'll be I'll take the Lakers in seven both ways how about that sounds okay. good are you taking the other Joey yeah I'll take other <laughs> I'll take double double other. Okay. Somebody's beating the Lakers. We'll just give you the points no matter what, how many games. Yeah. And we will all rejoice. Unless Yay. it's another LA team. Unless it's the right. Clippers. Right. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'd love it for the, to be the Nuggets, but I am not rooting for the Clippers and Paul George. I'm sorry. Yeah. You this Eastern Conference Final Series, too, is like I am intrigued because both these teams are interesting and fun, but I, I hate the Heat and I hate the Celtics. Like, just gonna hate watch this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we like Kemba, and we like Brad Stevens, and like Jalen, uh, uh, Jason Tatum seems like a really good dad, and like Jalen totally Brown was like leading like the Celtics fan right now. I hate yeah, like 
Jalen Brown is like leading Black Lives Matter stuff. Like, I mean, I mean of the two, on. for sure, the yeah. Celtics are the, the more likable. But they're a likable team. But uh, my wife is from Boston, and all of her family are oh. mass holes when it comes to sports. <laughs> well, uh, how about this? How about this? Miami's a fifth seed. Like that's super fun to root for. They're the underdog. I can't root for them. F those guys. I'm not never rooting for a Miami team ever for any reason. <laughs> I was trying to find a reason for him to root against Boston. No, that's what I'm saying. What's, I'm, as, I'm as in a, a rock as a, and a hard place here. Like, has a fifth seed ever I'm been? I'm just going to the watch finals? it completely agnostically. Enjoy the basketball and and then there should be some great basketball played. Right. Exactly. And then, right. you know, try not to throw stuff when Jimmy Butler does good things. And exactly. You'll be disappointed either way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Darth of options. Wee. <laughs> All right. So that's who we're, we're, uh, we're good until the conference finals. Um, but it's been fun. It's been weird, but it's been fun. Pretty cool. Pretty weird. <laughs> I agree. There's uh, been some amazing basketball. That's been yeah, fun to watch. Absolutely. It's buzzer beaters and just, you know, some good, like, fun lockdown basketball, you know. Um, well, hey, let's take a like a quick break. We've got a couple uh, things in the in the second half here. we got a stat of the week and an undegoogable, uh, and then we'll get you out of here, uh, get you on your way. Um Gentlemen, you want to take five and listen to some tunes? Sure. Sounds good. We'd love it. All right. the second half start off here with my stats of the week joey stat of the week it's not or is it stat of the weeks stats think... of the week attorneys general <laughs> mm-hmm. right okay. stat of the weeks uh so we got two for you uh first one it's malcolm brogdon you know him you love him uh, the stats this week uh, for him are uh, his um, uh, nonprofits that he's uh, he- heading up. We've mentioned these in the past. Um, the one of them is the uh, Hoops for Humanity um, and the JHA Education Product. The Hoops, Hoops for Hermit Hoops for Humanity uh, focuses on clean water. The Clean water crisis in East East Africa, uh, which he has supported for many years. Um, they are doing a fantasy football uh, league, the Water Bowl Fantasy Football League, uh, and they're going to raise at least forty five thousand dollars, which is the amount needed to build one solar powered well in East Africa. So I'll put a link in the show notes if you want more information uh, about his uh, his uh, uh, community service. But I, I'm sure there's ways you can get in touch and help on your own if you'd like. But it's uh, it, it's a pretty cool cause. So uh, shout out to Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. The second one's very unrelated. Um, but I saw this number uh, come through this week. And uh, you guys remember the good old days um, uh, buying, uh, buying your music. I, I've had a, a subscription uh, to, to one of the music services and I can just listen to whatever I want now uh, and I think a lot of people do the same thing but 
Uh, CD sales are down, gentlemen. Uh, I hope you're sitting down, but uh, uh, they're 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 falling a lot, and, and and they've fallen so much that they have been, the CD sales have been surpassed by vinyl. Wow! Mm. For the first time since 1986. Hmm. But vinyl sales is coming up. Wait. So does that mean that there were CDs in like 1987? Um, it's gotta be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this seems is, early. It does seem early, but I think they were kind of niche for a bit. I think I think the the CD players were well, when they first came out. They were like full, like if you had a, like a, a you know AV rack, it was a full component. Oh, yeah. like, for sure. Yeah. So those were expensive to begin with, you know, and then you know then they came to, came down to where you could put one. You know, in your microwave or whatever. <laughs> so, so, uh, so uh, Connie uh, left her car unlocked in her uh, fan of the show. Connie left her car unlocked in front of her house, and uh, they broke in and stole her charger, um, but left her uh, CD case. <laughs> because like a phone charger, they took. Yeah, they took a phone charger, but left her CD case because apparently those are worth nothing nowadays. Yeah. You know, you get the whole book of CDs. That those mm-hmm. th- those used to be stolen all the time. Somebody got into her car and was like, "Eh, that's not worth anything." They probably looked around and said, "Like '90s, uh, you know, '90s pop was not. Uh, there's no market for that. Like for the CDs, <laughs> you sell it to some forty-year-olds on the street. <laughs> get them all. There's a lot of forty-year-olds on on the street these days." So make a lot of money yeah our uh we we just moved into a new house the first purchase that jill made for the house was a cd player oh mm, wow like a boom box thing yeah she nice. just had a vision she's like we're getting back into cds it's happening it's like okay so, i've got some to send you if you need you do okay yeah well I, I as i was unpacking came across a bunch of random boxes and and there, i do, apparently still have some kicking around somewhere one is a Hearts and Daggers CD, actually. So nice, nice. Um, I, I like the, the the CDs, you know, mix CDs you make mm-hmm. for people. I've mm-hmm. kept all those, but I don't have a CD player anymore, so I don't know what to do with that. Send them along. I'll try to answer. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> try to figure out what's on them. Also, good news uh, if you're into old formats. Uh, since the beginning of the year, cassette sales have doubled. Where do you buy a cassette? But that I don't know. But there's like Thrift new uh, new music. Like Lady Gaga dropped something this year on a cassette tape. What? Yeah, I don't know. I surely do not know. Anywho. That's what we got for you this week. Uh, to round out the show, we're going to do an undegoogable. Oh, are we doing undegoogables? That was the plan. Super excited. Um, you told us we had to, sir. He said we signed up for it. In the end, it's going to be better and more true than Google can give you. Colson. How can I help you? Well, I feel like this is something that you guys probably know. Um, and uh, that's why I'm asking you, because you guys are the best in the biz. Uh, we don't need the internet. I just need you guys. Best in the undebeatables biz? Yes. <laughs> I'm not Googling stuff. I'm just asking you guys, because you know the answers. Uh, why do we say o'clock? That's 12 o'clock. It's just like of the clock. Of is the clock. The, yeah. Okay. It's like, so okay, if that's the case, because that was my guess too. But then I thought about it. If it's not of the clock, what the hell is it of? It is of the clock. But but what I'm saying is, why would you specifically say it's twelve of the clock as opposed to it's twelve outside of the clock? Well, I mean, I think you're just that's just referring to time, like. You know, instead of just saying it's six. Because O'Dial be like, sounded weird. Yeah. <laughs> O'Sundial. <laughs> but, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you just say it's six, you'd be like, it's six what? Six cows? Six fences? 
you know? I don't know. But <laughs> when you say six of the clock, you say, oh, oh, I know what that is. Okay, so you don't you don't want to be like, hey, it's six. And they're like, it's right. six what? It's yeah, yeah. six of the clock. Right. Okay. Right, right. So we, And we just shortened that to o'clock. That's what I'm going with. Okay. I, that's why I figured I'd come to you guys. But to, and, and then the next question is, when does this come about? This has yeah. got to be well, sure. Middle when Ages, do, right, or something. When do, well, when do, when do clocks start? Well, when I mean, clocks, clocks start? <laughs> start, like, yeah, in the ancient Greece? Well, sure. So, I mean, like, outside of sundials, right? Like, when do we get to, like, uh, winding... When, when do we Mechanical. get... Handheld yeah. timepieces or... Yeah, that we would say of the clock, right? As opposed to of the sundial. Like, I feel like that's your that's your branch, right? Well, yeah. And, okay, so maybe the o'clock is... Because time was used to be kind of fluid, right? Like, until sure. trains came along, we didn't standardize right. time across, like geographic regions or whatever which is insane to me and so maybe that's where it comes from is is of the clock at the train station or something like that like that's the official time the the six of the train station clock maybe that's the shortening i can see why you want to shorten that yeah of the official clock of the town of herbertshire (laughs) <laughs> so I I, th- I think I've told you this story before, but like uh, my friend was uh, in uh, the Peace Corps and she uh, worked in Africa and they would schedule meetings and be like, all right, we're all coming at like three o'clock. And basically there was like a three hour window where people would show up. It was just like they didn't really think like three wasn't really a thing. It'd be like they'd show up at like one or two or like five and then they'd all get there. But like they didn't follow like a of the clock type thing. It was just sort of a general idea. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we'll show up in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This was your dream in high school. I remember you wanted to do away with time as a construct. <laughs> That's right. It is a construct. And you were like, we'll just get away with. We'll just do away with it. And we we're like, yeah. what, how are people going to know when to meet? Because you couldn't even say come at three o'clock. Because there wouldn't be a three o'clock. I'll see you around. Let's just do that. See dawnish. I'll see you later. Okay. You know, I'll show up or I won't. You know, it'll be fine. You know this 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 hustle and bustle. Very efficient. Okay, so we think it's so. So you guys like this train idea, or or is that just dumb? Or it's like goes back you to think the it's original clocks, earlier, think it's, which would have been. Yeah, when is when do when do people start making cuckoo clocks in the, the Austrian? Just kind of like, Britishy to me. Okay. Okay. Go like uh, you know, eighteen hundred sometime. Because if you they've, uh, they've had pocket watches before they even standardized time, right? For sure. For sure. You definitely had clocks before you standardized that. Yeah. Yeah. So people are like, uh, what time is it? And you pull out your thing, and it's six of my pocket watch. Yeah, of my clock. (laughs) Exactly. That's what the shortening is. My clock. (laughs) Of my clock. Okay. That could work, too. Yeah. Oh, that actually does work. It's six of my clock. Does that help you? I don't know. Mine says 12. I I don't know which time. (laughs) I, I do like this uh, Austrian, uh, you know, hungry. I, I, like let's let's go um, let's go earlier than eighteen hundreds. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go sixteen hundreds. Okay. So we have yeah, we have side questions, I guess. Which is when was the first clock, as we know it. I guess. Because we've talked about this before. There was the water clock. We had that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had the... Um, yeah, the Children's Museum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we talked about sundials. Because we, when we talked about the standardized time, right? Like that... Um, but essentially it was trains, which messed me up. Because that was very recently. In it human like shook time. you to your core. It right? really did. It really did. <laughs> um, 
And so I'm thinking that O'Clock is before this. I think it's it's before standardized time. It's I, I like this idea that it's of my it's, clock it's my or of clock. this clock. Yeah. Right, exactly. Actually, I do and that's that what, even. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's going back earlier because otherwise you're like it's six, it's six. Damn it, it's the standardized it's time, be, right? So we're looking at Shakespeare, basically. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think Shakespeare definitely talked about O'Clock for sure. In the Tempest or something. All right. Uh, falconry. It's not falconry. Cora says. O'clock first came about in English in the early 18th century. Oh man, you killed it. No, I did not. 18th century. Ah, attested uh, first about 1720. Before that, okay. of the clock was used, which comes from the Middle English of the clock. From the blah, 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 blah. I'm seeing um, uh, as early as the late 14th century. Chaucer. So that's the. There's clearly a Middle English derivation at work. Yeah, and and then o'clock quickly shortened around the 16th or 17th centuries. This is according to <laughs> what is this? It's like blog dot dot co dot uk. Oh, an o'clock uh, refers only to the exact hour. Like Wait, you can't is... say it's six fifteen o'clock. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we don't say that, but um, okay. It's distinguishing the fact that it's referencing one's own clock's time rather than uh, like a sundial as early as the fourteenth century. Uh, according to Wikipedia, the first mechanical clocks. Um, were invented in Europe around the start of the 14th century. Uh, these used a foliae or balance wheel timekeeper uh, and became standard timekeeping until the pendulum clock was invented in 1656. So they must have clearly been invented by Somewhere in the Western world, right? Because clockwise goes left to right-ish, I guess, right? Same way we read. You could imagine that somebody that read left to right would have made mm. clockwise this way, the other way. Right. All right, we nailed that. I don't even know why we need the internet. Just box scores. We, we at least need yeah, like two pages scores. of the internet to validate our uh, hypotheses, I guess. According to my o'clock, it's time for us to get out of here. Um, I'd like to thank you for hanging out with us. It's been fun. And uh, we'll be back with you next week uh, talking about uh, the coaching search which is uh, going to trouble us until until it's resolved. And then and then for the next two or three years after that, probably. <laughs> until we fire that guy. Yeah, or girl. <laughs> or gal. We'll, yeah. Yeah, gal. Um, uh, if we get Becky, she will be fired. She'll resign. <laughs> <laughs> With dignity. She'll become a free agent. Right. Um. But yeah, thanks thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, you can find us on uh, Twitter. We're at Undebeatables. We're on Facebook.com slash TheUndebeatables. Our website is TheUndebeatables.com. There's a contact form there. You can send us a message. And uh, you can send us an email. Shout out at TheUndebeatables.com. Colson, your new uh, single is dropping on vinyl, right? Oh, no, on cassette tape. 
cassette. Cassette tape, okay. Yeah. I'm going to okay. go find a Walkman on eBay. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're just not going 8-track. Uh, sure. Or wax cylinder. That's good. <laughs> that's that's even too hipster for me, Joe. Okay, okay. <laughs> wax cylinder. You should <laughs> release it on player piano. all right colson can you take us out of here uh, in a player piano style do you take requests (laughs) i'll see what i can do (laughs) thank you (laughs) for our once and always hall of fame coach i know what he'd say uh he'd say a couple things he'd say uh joey congratulations on your new job uh that pays better than this crap uh he'd say uh Wear a mask, wash your hands, be safe. And he'd also say, in player piano style. (laughs) 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 You're trying to get the rhythm of the piano. That is beautiful. Nailed it. Oh, this is when we need a video podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> I think the Rockets definitely shit their way out of that last series. They shit their way out of a coach is what they did. <laughs> Boy, they, they, they didn't even show up in game five. That's like... I mean, That's Harden like scored Harden. 30. Yeah. Um, but the coach was probably before the game like, hey, I'm going to the Pacers, so how you guys feel? <laughs> Let's go out and win. Let's go out and win game five. <laughs> Just know the sooner this is over, the sooner I can move on. <laughs> Let's win one for the Gipper. You think he refers to himself as the Gipper? <laughs> One for me, guys, the Gipper. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to uh, the D'Antoni halftime speeches. This is going to be great. I, I, I look forward to this era. How <laughs> <laughs> better are you going to feel when he takes the Bulls job? Uh, not at all. Okay. I'm, I'm really comfortable with him not being my coach, but okay. I, I think that it makes... Um, Harper particularly uncomfortable uh, makes me enjoy promoting it as, a, as as not only a possibility but a reality. As an inevitability. <laughs> it's, yeah. a force, it's a force of nature. <laughs>